This is God Alive. This is the Exalted Pile Driver. This is Criff. I mean Arnold. This is Alex and Nick from Tyrannonaut. Greetings from the far Siberian deeps. Here is Peter of Isgerur Morph. This is Zeke Evil from Natal Quest. This is Nick from Hessian Firm. This is Jason from Sulaco. I'm eating a plain cheeseburger. What's up, everybody? This is Ross Dolan from Immolation. This is Brian Mason from Charmer, Sulaco, and Contrarian. Maybe BML. What's up? This is Sully. This is Mama Nat. Hey, this is Rick Dorff from Wolfpack 44, the Electric Hellfire Club, and Coven. This is Richie from Grave Huffer. We're Immortal Possession, and you're listening to Grand And they want to bring it down 
We started off episode 235 with a new local project, new to us. Uh, project is Pantheon with the song A Perfect Organism. I believe they have one single out, uh, which is really cool, and mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to hearing more. Absolutely. Uh, and then we went into Exciter with the song Heavy Metal Maniac. And then we ended the first segment paying tribute to our dear friend Mike Scrivens. Um, who passed away last week. Um, That band was After Dark with the song Eyes Wide Open, and that was um, the Scrivens Brothers. Yep. Um, Mike. Oh. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Matt, Mike, um, and Ben. Mm -hmm. Mike was on bass and vocals on on that track. Yes. And Mike was on episode 12 of ours, which is one of our very first guests. Mm Mm-hmm. And his brother, Ben, who owns Fright Rags, was on episode 37. Yep. So uh, we're big fans of the Scrivens Brothers, mm-hmm. and we send all of our love out to all of his friends and family. Um, Mike was known as Mike to most. Mm-hmm. Uh, cotton Toe in the blues scene. Mm-hmm. And um, Brutal Postman, or if you're only me, the Brutal Milkman yeah. in the metal scene. Yep. Uh, he was part of Venereal Messiah forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the universe works in mysterious ways. I won't go into too much detail because it's not our news to share. Right. Um, but he recently reached out to us very excited about some upcoming news um, and asked for a couple pictures. Mm-hmm. And we chatted a bit back and forth. Um, so, Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's I don't know. Very sad and very shocking. I was, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like it's my place to go into. And I don't know the whole story. But no, I know he had some medical issues, but I thought he was recovering. And I don't know. This very was, shocking. Yeah, very shocking. Yeah. So, um, and. Here's the awkward transition that we're never good at, but everyone's probably wondering, well, you guys always start out with locals and you threw an Exciter. Yeah. Exciter is, in fact, not a local band, but they will be local tomorrow night playing the Bug Jar alongside Necrostalker and another really cool band, Tower, which yes. we've been checking out lately. Yeah, from they're from New York City. Yep. Um, so that's happening and that's why Exciter's in there. Yes. So this past week... Uh, Wald Hexen played Metal Meltdown at Record Archive. Yes. And I know you don't like to be interviewed, but I'm just wondering how you thought it went. I thought it went pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Um, Me too. It was, well, there was one other, since I joined the band, there was one other show which was my first, I didn't, I only knew three of the songs at the time. Mm-hmm. The, the first show that I played with them was a pig roast, which was outside during the day. Um, and we didn't wear our normal outfits. Um, so our, 
We didn't have the hoods on with the face covering and all that. Yeah. Um, but since then, we've we've always had the the face covered, and it's playing in the dark. <laughs> been very hard to see yeah. and very hot. Um, so this past time we played at the record archive, we did not wear the hoods, and being able to see was. Um, I apologize to the audience for having to look at my stupid face. But being able to see was pretty nice. Yeah, I yeah, bet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Good. I th- I I had a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, and you allowed your parents to come and see you play for the first time, yeah. and they loved it. Yeah. And yeah. it was a great record archive turnout. I'm yeah. bummed Seth, Seth couldn't be there, but, no. you know, he was off winning Emmys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations to Seth. For yeah, that. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so Walt Hexen does have three shows coming up, um, and maybe maybe Seth can make it to one of those. Yeah, I think he's planning on it actually. Yeah, yeah. So. Um. All right. What do you say we pop into some music? Yes. First, we are going to hear Sulfuric Storm with the song Divine Putrefaction coming off of the Hell on Earth release, Out Now. Then after that, from Eschatonic Records, we're going to hear the band Shrouded with the song 2, which is track number 2, coming off of the Further Removed release, which came out October 5th. Don't be 
This is Jason from Sulaco, and you're listening to the Grim Dystopian Podcast.
I came across a couple of interesting things this week. Mm. I'm sure you did too. Maybe. Um, I came across this one headline that says, Zombie viruses are waking up after 50,000 years. Okay. Tell me about this. Um, this says, as Earth's temperature continues to rise, um, researchers reveal the emergence of ancient viruses, some dating back nearly 50,000 years from thawing Siberian permafrost. Hmm. These dormant pathogens awakened by climate change pose a potential threat to public health as they resurface. And then I continued to doom scroll and I found this article um, about a Florida family sentenced to federal prison for selling dangerous fake COVID-19 cure. I feel like we might have talked about this on the show at one point. Yeah. But this was the family that claimed they had a miracle cure for COVID-19 that contained a toxic bleach. Yeah, we did mixture so they have been sentenced mm. to federal prison mm. what's what's the sentence do you know um yeah let's see here what's the, the do you remember the name of the church um i think it might say it in here hold on one second it doesn't, it doesn't matter so mark grennan 66 and his three sons jonathan jordan and joseph were found guilty of conspiracy to defraud the u.s by di- distributing an unapproved and misbranded drug. Um, the federal jury also found Jonathan and Jordan guilty of contempt of court following a trial this summer. Jonathan and Jordan were sentenced to 151 months, about 12 and a half years in federal prison, while Mark and Joseph were sentenced to five years. Um, their miracle mineral solution that's in quotes Uh or MMS was sold under the guise of the Genesis two church of health and healing. Mm -hmm. Um, MMS contained sodium chloride and water, which when ingested orally became chlorine dioxide, a powerful bleach typically used for industrial water treatment or bleaching textiles, pulp and paper. I mean, sounds reasonable to me. Yeah. It goes on to say, in some cases, people develop life-threatening conditions and even died after drinking MMS. Yep. Yeah. That's a a good follow-up to our previous story. Because I believe when we talked about it before, it was they were in court. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I was just perusing the article to see if there was anything else, but. Hmm. Um, this is completely unrelated, but, (laughs) um, do you remember seeing, um, the, there was a 104-year-old woman that um, 
was trying to beat like a skydiving record. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think we saw that on TV a week or two ago, maybe. Uh, so apparently, as as cool as that was, uh, she passed away a few days after that. Oh, which is what a bummer. Yeah. Yep. Um, it says she successfully completed the tandem jump from 13,500 feet and landed safely with the help of a U.S. Parachute Association certified instructor. Um, Guinness is reviewing, Guinness World Records is reviewing if she's the oldest. Yeah, if if it is, in fact. Oh, man, so she didn't even know for sure? I know, isn't it? Shitty. Oh, that's a bummer. Well, I mean, I don't know. When we saw her on the news, she seemed like she had lived a very full... Yeah, that's pretty awesome, though. Like yeah. 104. Hell yeah. Like, most people... Who, I can't uh, do that shit at 42. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of people like that are 70 that can't even walk, you know. If like what's your what's your thing that you want to do you have something like that like skydive before you die? Is there like a thing on your list? Like climb a mountain? Um not really. No. No. I um you know the one bucket list thing that comes to mind which is kind of goofy, maybe to you, but um, I think you'll understand. I I would like to play at a maybe not Maryland Death Fest, but a Death Fest mm-hmm. or a music fest. I think would be cool. Yep. I did a local. Why would that be dumb to me? First of all, your bucket list. Is none of my business, <laughs> even though I support it completely. But I don't think that's silly. I mean, I think we do have a lot of um, bucket list items that that are together. Yeah. Um, I definitely have one, but I'm scared to put it out there because I feel like people are gonna start holding me accountable to it. <laughs> well, people don't matter. You do. Well, I know, but. Like, are you going to hold yourself accountable is the real question. I would like to, but mm. I have major insecurities mm. that I'm trying to overcome. Well, what what is it? You going to just leave everyone hanging? Um, so there has been talks of a, a duo live performance with me on piano. Mm-hmm. And I would really like to see that through at some point. Mm -hmm. Because I think it would be cool for everybody. Mm -hmm. I do too. I know. Are you leaving the other part out? Yes. Okay. All right. I I mean, some people listening will know what that is. Yeah, if you know, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It needs to happen. I know. I know. Um, So, um, yeah, I'm working on it. All right.
Israel with the song Wink of the Eye from the 1994 Spook Demo featuring Idan on vocals. Idan was a guest on episode 173. Mm-hmm. Our thoughts are with Idan, his family, and loved ones, and we hope you continue to stay safe. Yes. All right, I have another awkward transition. Okay. Um, you're a fan of tattoos, correct? Yeah. Have you heard of the recent... Um, uh, a photographer that took an iconic picture of Miles Davis has been granted a trial for um, copyright infringement um, against uh, Kat Von D for using his image as a tattoo. So a judge has granted a jury trial to the photographer that is suing tattooist Kat Von D for using his picture of Miles Davis to tattoo somebody. What are, what's he claiming the damages are? Like, what does he want? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. Let me, me. there's a link. Lawsuit filed. <clears throat> I know he's claiming that he owns this. I don't deny that. But I'm just wondering what he's seeking. I don't know. It says he filed a 31-page complaint in California federal court. All right. I did a quick search on the interwebs. Okay. And I think I found it. Um, it Excellent. says photographer Jeff Sedlick has filed a lawsuit against famous tattoo artist Kate Von D who used this photo of Miles Davis for a tattoo. The photographer seeks 150000 in statutory damages plus any profits earned 
made by depicting the tattoo and removing any derivative work she could have made from it. Hmm. What is... What does derivative work entail? I don't know, and it's in quotes. So I do not pretend to know, understand, or properly interpret the law. (laughs) That's what it's intended for, to be so confusing. (laughs) (laughs) But my understanding is the point of a lawsuit is to get back what somebody Mm -hmm. is out. Mm Mm-hmm not necessarily to profit from. Mm -hmm. So I understand him suing for the amount she earned from that, like whatever she charged Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. giving, like doing that tattoo. Mm -hmm. What about, I, I feel like her being a high profile tattoo artist and her, there's pictures of her doing this tattoo. I don't know if it was on TV as well. So she's potentially profiting from showing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that plays a part in this. Like, Mm. I, I doubt. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. So it says here, according to the lawsuit, Sedlick alleges that her Instagram photo depicts the final product of defendant Kate Vonson's unauthorized and unlicensed reproduction um, work of the iconic Miles Davis portrait in the form of a tattoo. He also claims that an HVT Instagram post from 2017 depicts a nearly exact duplication of the iconic Miles Davis portrait as reproduced by defendant Kate Vonson. Sedlick took the photo of Miles Davis at his beach house in Malibu, California in 1989. The portrait has been sold with a non-exclusive license to reproduce, distribute, and display ever since it was created. The first time it was published was shortly after its creation. It became part of a cover story um, in a magazine around 1989, August 1989. Hmm. Well, um... We'll have to follow this story like you followed Shaw Business. Yeah. Because I'm curious to see where it goes. Yeah. I've never heard of, I'm sure they exist, but I've never really heard of lawsuits. Like, copyright mixed with tattoo. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel it. What's that? What are your thoughts on it? I don't know. I <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. No, I struggle. <laughs> I struggle with like the whole copyright thing. Yeah. But if it's just some, if you go to like a a tattoo shop and get a tattoo, I want this picture of whatever. Yeah. Uh, Say a, a famous photograph. I want this tattoo or uh, this to be tattooed on my person, right? <laughs> on my being or I, being. I don't. I feel like that is not in this realm at all. But if if that 
picture is used or the or the representation of that picture mm-hmm. is used for someone to benefit or profit from mm-hmm. then i guess it becomes questionable yeah yeah i can i can understand that yeah as much as i hate all of these like ridiculous frivolous lawsuits yeah interesting yeah um well hopefully i don't get sued because i just got a tattoo on my leg yesterday yeah and you (laughs) you have yeah you do have a tattoo of me please don't sue me (laughs) better behave (laughs) i'll think about it as we play these next songs all right sounds good First up, Under the Red Tide with the song The Albatross. And then we're going to go into Hell for Us with the song Microplastics. And this is coming off of their self-titled new album coming out October 27th via Curtain Call Records. Then after that, Belgian band Slow with the song Implode, which is coming off of their upcoming seventh album, Abamy's one out December 8th via code 666.
All right, I have a list from American Songwriter of seven must-listen-to albums from the 1970s. Okay. And I have... How do we feel about this list? The list is phenomenal minus one, in my opinion. Okay. Let's hear them. All right. You d- you can pick which the one is, all right? Oh, okay. All right. And Jeremy's not on here, so... Ooh, okay. Um, number one is Dark Side of the Moon. Okay, that's not it. N- number two is Led Zeppelin Four. Okay. Number three is The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and The Spiders from Mars by David Bowie. Yep. As you know. Mm-hmm. Um, number four is Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder. Number five, Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Number six, Never Mind the Bullocks. Here's the Sex Pistols by the Sex Pistols. And number seven is Blue by Joni Mitchell. I honestly don't know what you would think is a pile of shit. Maybe... Joni Mitchell? No. No? No. What is it? The Sex Pistols. Oh, I was going to go with the Sex Pistols, but... Garbage. I understand, like... That it's like... It's the album of the, the punk movement, kind of. You know, that's what everyone goes back to. Yeah. I don't know. I know people loved... And love the Sex Pistols, but I struggle. That's, hey, we all have our struggles. And I'm not a huge punk fan, but I do like a fair amount of punk bands. And I think, I don't know, the Sex Pistols are not a good representation of what I like about punk. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, every time you play Faith No More, I want to leave the room. Well... Unless we it's, just all have those bands. Unless it's Mr. Bungle live, Halloween slash Summer Breeze. I mean, that is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't have that Faith No More sound. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Um. So I'm going to end on something a tad lighthearted. Okay. So I came across... Um, this article that kind of reminded me (laughs) of my childhood. Um, So my mom was never huge on traditions. We did Christmas. She made birthdays kind of a big deal when we were little. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we did Thanksgiving and all that stuff. But... There was one thing we did every year (laughs) that was so special to her. We would have a slumber party in the living room. And it was around this time of year. So we grew up without cable. And every year, one of the main channels, I don't remember if it was like Channel 10 or 13, always played Wizard of Oz Mm -hmm. once a year. It was like around Thanksgiving time. Mm -hmm. And she would make a big, huge thing of it. She would spend money on snacks that we never got because they were expensive. Mm-hmm. 
and she'd make popcorn and she'd throw every blanket we had in the house on the floor in the living room and I would never make it (laughs) to the movie Changing in Color. That was the big joke every year. I'd fall asleep before that. Mm. Um, And it's always been like a fond childhood memory and I haven't really thought about it in years until I came across this article, which is kind of funny. But it says, man pleads guilty um, to stealing the Wizard of Oz ruby slippers in 2005. (laughs) Terry Martin, 76, allegedly said he got rid of the shoes once he realized they were made of glass, not ruby. (laughs) A Minnesota man has pled guilty to charges against him for stealing the iconic ruby slippers worn by Judy Garland. Um... Martin of Grand Rapids, Minnesota, was charged in May, nearly 18 years after the crime. He appeared Friday in a federal courtroom. According to Northern News Now, he admitted to what authorities have alleged, that he used a small sledgehammer to break into the Judy Garland Museum in 2005 and uh, broke a glass casing to take the slippers, which he hid in a trailer. Um, the FBI and police department secured the slippers in 2018. The pair stolen by Martin were one of four remaining pairs of slippers used in the movie and are among the most recognizable memorabilia in the film industry. How did he get caught? It doesn't really say. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't say. Um, Martin's lawyer says that he has been cooperative. Martin will likely be sentenced in the coming months. What What is he facing as far as does it say? Um, <clears throat> I feel like um, if you go to jail for stealing Judy Garland's slippers, you're probably not going to be <laughs> treated. <laughs> you're not going to fare well. <laughs> Um, one count of theft of a major artwork. Huh. I don't know. Another story we have to follow. Yeah. It's getting stressful. Yeah. Bookmark that. (laughs) That's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. know. (laughs) Hmm. All right. We're ready to play some songs yeah, and head yeah. out of here for the week? Yeah. All right. I am very ready. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure everyone listening is too. All right. What are we kicking it off with? We're going to play the title track off of Aphelium Eternum's debut album, Dark Interstellar Mysteries, which is out December 1st internationally via Dominance of Darkness Records. And then we're going to go into... Carcinoid with the song I just got a thumbs up (laughs) led to the worms and this is coming off of their upcoming Encomium to Extinction release out the 16th of November on Misako Un Ojo in conspiracy with Headsplit Records and then finally Crystal Coffin with the song The Vortex of Earth and Death off of their third 
upcoming release, The Curse of Mortality, out on Halloween through A Beast in the Field. Until next time. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Don't be an asshole. And? Knock, knock. (laughs) Who's there? Do you want two CDs? Do I want two CDs who? Do you want two CDs nuts?